Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, dirtbag peeps. How are you guys doing? Welcome in. A new week, another episode, and of course, thank you for downloading this one and only Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. Holy crap, it's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is your one-stop shop for everything out there. Don't forget to go to KieferInkTesting.com and click on the RMATVMC banner. And then do your shopping. And what that does, it, it helps us get a little bit of kickback at the end of the quarter. Hopefully you guys buy some parts. It lets them know that, hey, I'm listening to the Key for Tested podcast. Keeps this sucker up and moving. Everybody's happy. You guys get to save some money. And it's a win-win. So please, do yourself a favor. Go to my site. Click on the Rocky Mountain banner. And just continue to shop like normal life. Continue living your life. Or like they say, live your best life. I don't really like that saying, but I hear it a lot around these parts. So thank you guys for shopping over there. They're good people. I'm going to be visiting Utah here in a couple weeks. I'm going to stop in and do a little tour of the facility over there. And uh, do a little podcast with the owner. Because I'm very curious about how he got started. And why he just went wide open and started Rocky Mountain ATV MC. Very cool story. I got a little snippet of that not too long ago and uh, very interesting. So I thought, man, I need to do a podcast and get you guys downloaded with this info because it's a really cool story. So stay tuned for that. Of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. You're living in quarantine right now, but you want to look badass when you get back to the track. Head over to flyracing.com. Do yourself a favor. Look up the Kinetic Mesh. It's getting summertime, 95 degrees and sweating your boop off, right? Kinetic Mesh is where it's at. Of course, Light Hydrogen, my favorite of all sets that Fly Racing has. Look that up. Excited about 2021 stuff coming here pretty soon. I only got a few more months and that stuff's coming out, people. Can't believe it. So looking forward to that. Visit flyracing.com. Tell me what you guys are wearing. Get back to me at Chris at keyforinktesting.com. Let me know what you guys are wearing. Shoot me some photos of your best dressed look. Racetech, racetech.com. They got engine services. They've got suspension services. They do it all. It's a one-stop shop. Make your bike faster and make your bike handle better. Simply put, email me. I'll get you a little discount code, and you'll thank me later how plush and how good your bike works with Racetech stuff. Again, wasn't a gold valve fan a few years ago, but Rob and the guys have uh, converted me, made me a believer, and I want to try to do that with you guys as well. So uh, 
Just visit Racetech.com and see everything that they have to offer. They even offer, they have a little spring conversion. I get a lot of emails about this. A little spring conversion sheet that, that you guys can like punch in your bike and it'll show you what your recommended spring rate is. Kind of cool. So that's over there at Racetech.com. And you can also, of course, I've said this many, many times, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Email me and I will get you in contact with Chris Riesenberg. He is a fine young gentleman. He rides dirt bikes. He has a CRF450R, so he knows what you guys need. And I'll get you in contact with that guy. He's a good dude. All right, so that's a little bit of a synopsis of my advertisers. But as always, try to support the people that are on this podcast. I got a lot of different, I got a different variety of advertisers here. And the only reason why they're on this damn podcast is because they're good. So simply put, Listen to commercials, save yourself some money, and do yourself a favor by dealing with the proper companies. These guys are it. All right, so last week we did which 450 MXer is right for you, and I promised a little part two and a part three, so this is part two, which 250 MXer is right for you. A deep dive on all the 250 MX machines, what they're good at, what they're not. We're going to try to target your type of riding, your riding ability, and your riding style, and try to match you up with the right color. Like I've always said, I get a ton of emails saying, which bike, Kiefer? That's the heading. Holy crap, it's a lot of emails. It's a lot of which bike, you know, there's a lot of which bike, I call them which bike characters, because you guys, some of you guys are really good at listening, and some of you guys are just assholes. If you guys don't know what an asshole is, you can look it up. It's basically a person that asks a lot of questions and then does nothing. So if you guys are really serious about your question and you're thinking about actually purchasing some products, that's when you email. But don't be an asshole. If you guys don't know, you guys aren't going to do it yet, just relax. Write the question down on a piece of paper. Get back to me when you're ready. As men, you guys should know this. We don't go shopping until we're ready to purchase. I know I don't. I really don't window shop. I look around, do my own window shopping, peruse the internet, right? And then when I'm ready, I will contact the company or the provider of what I want and then ask a couple questions and then purchase the product. So don't be an asshole. Just simply follow the instructions on this podcast and this should help you. However, I have been known a time or two to miss a couple things on this podcast and you guys have addressed it in an email, which I appreciate. If I don't answer your questions in this podcast, please, by all means, email me and let me know what you're looking for. And I'm happy to help you guys. That's why we built this damn business, is to help you out, point you in the right direction so your money is well spent. God knows it's not cheap to live nowadays. God knows it's not cheap to ride a dirt bike. So I'm here to help you as much as I can. Unlike some other media outlets that just uh, throw shit up and say, here it is, and they don't give a shit about you. Well, we do. We give a shit about you over here at KieferIngTesting.com. All right, so we have a Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, Husqvarna, Suzuki, CRF, Honda, 250R, and we're going to break down maybe a little bit the KTM 350SXF. That's, that's a, that could be actually a whole other podcast in itself, but we're going to try to break the 350 down and really hone in on which guy that is for out there because 
Some of you guys, that's actually a perfect motorcycle. I have a good buddy, Matt Servog. He loves a 350. I still, to this day, feel like he rides that bike better than a 450, but he wants a little bit more juice. And uh, so he chose to go the 450 route. But 350 route is very fun. And uh, <laughs> turns out to a lot of you guys out there enjoy that motorcycle a lot as well. So let's break down the Yamaha 250F. Again, I've had a lot of time on that bike. As of right now, we have close to almost 40 hours on our YZ250F, and it's been a great bike. Michael Allen rides that bike a lot. He's one of my test guys here. I've put some time on it. There's nothing to me. I like a lot of torque from a 250 because I'm so used to riding a 450. So for me, a Yamaha 250F is really good for vet guys that aren't in shape or are simply maybe a C or B rider. Vet racing, you don't have a classification as far as CCs, so you kind of run what you brung. And a 250 sometimes gets worrisome for guys because they think they're not going to get a good start. However, the guys on the line next to you in the vet class probably can't handle that 450 that they're sitting on right now. If you look over at them, chances are they're not in shape. That's just vet racing, period, right? Unless you're Mike Brown. And then you want to go kill everybody, including me. But that's another story for another time. But vet guys, they want to go to work. They want to have fun with their families. They want to go race their dirt bikes. There's a lot of things that they're involved in, and it doesn't revolve around being on a motorcycle 24-7, thus being that they're not in the best shape. But we're dudes, right? And we think we need a big-ass bike to please us. Hmm. Just like we think we probably need a big-ass unit to please our wives or whatever. It's not the case. It's how you use it. It's the motion in the ocean, right? It's, the, it's how you ride the track, how aggressive you are. And I can guarantee you, you ain't riding that 450 100% effort the whole damn moto. So what I'm getting at is the Yamaha 250 simply has the most torque in class. That thing is torquey. It has a lot of bottom end. It has a lot of excitement. And it can carry your fat ass around the track with no problem. I have had 205-pound grown-ass men ride this Yamaha 250 and have been overwhelmed of how exciting it is. Case in point, my buddy Greg Loop just retired from the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. He was like, I am never going to ride a four, or never going to ride a 250 Kiefer. That's, that's dumb. I'm not a pussy. Greg, give this thing a chance, man. Just ride the 250F one time, and if it's no good, just let me know, and we'll move it along, and I'll never bug you about it again. So I tricked him one day. I said, hey, man, I need you to help me ride a couple bikes, and he never asked what size they were. So he assumed, again, like I said, Greg has been off the bike a little bit. He knows things about motorcycles, but he just likes to ride, right? So I brought a couple bikes. I had a YZ250F. And as you know, unless you're really paying attention, it's hard to read the 250 emblem on the side shroud. Well, I swapped the shrouds at that time where it said 450. Greg got on the bike. He rode for about, I don't know, 12 or 13 minutes, came back. I was anxiously awaiting his response, thinking he's going to blast me. He's going to say, this bike is slow. It's no good. Well, guess what? He said that is one of the best bikes he's ever ridden and probably some of the most fun he's had on a motorcycle because he said it handled so damn good and it was easy to ride. He was about ready to go buy a 450, and then I broke the news to him 
and he got pissed off at me because I tricked his ass into riding a 250. But after he settled down and I wasn't an asshole, he actually said, wow, I can't believe that you were right, that this 250 can carry my big ass around the track. And I had enough fun to where I felt like I wanted to continue to ride instead of having it tire me out. So case in point, for you guys out there, Maybe you're getting a little bit tight on your 450. Maybe you want something a little bit more fun to ride. Maybe you think that you don't have enough horsepower with the 250F. Maybe on other bikes, we'll talk about those in a minute, but this Yamaha has plenty of torque for you guys out there in stock condition. You don't need to go buy a bunch of shit for this Yamaha to make yourself happy. I'm 170 pounds, Greg's 205, 210, and it carried him around with ease. I got the, the correct sag measurement. It does a lot of things great for the average 250 guy that wants to have some fun or the vet guy that wants to go race his local club races on the weekend. It's surprising how much torque this thing has. If you haven't ridden one and you're on another brand, you're going to have way more bottom in on a Yamaha. Now, what the Yamaha doesn't have is the top end of a KTM, Husqvarna, or even a Honda. Those are top-end monsters in the 250F class. This is a bottom-to-mid-range engine, so it likes to be short-shifted. Simply short-shift this bike, and it'll reward you. You can be a little bit lazy. You want to run second gear? Run second gear and lug it around. It does, and it will, and it can use third gear in corners if your cornering speed is a little bit better than most. I can run third gear in corners, on this blue bike, and I can't simply do that on any other colored machine in this class. So, but I'm also 170 pounds. I know some of you guys may not have the technique or as quick as me as you're coming into corners. So, third gear could be a stretch, but changing the gearing to even like a 1351 helps a lot to run third gear. So, there's ways to make this bike tailor made for you and I would like to say this bike is great for everyone that maybe is has a little bit of time under their belt on big bikes. I don't think it's a great bike for someone like my kid coming straight off of a 125 to a 250F because I feel like it has a lot more bottom end than his little skinny ass can hold on to. And we're going to get to what I feel like is the best bike for him when he gets off his 125 which I already had him ride. So he doesn't know it yet, but I already have a color choice in mind for him when he switches to four-stroke. So you vet guys, don't forget about the YZ250F. Don't worry about the CC displacement. Worry about how you can ride it and how long you can ride it and how much fun you have. This Yamaha is that bike. Simply put, very fun, very exciting, and to me is very reliable. I have got some emails saying, Kiefer, what about rods? That was way back in the day uh, where the rods were weak. They have gotten better. What about timing chains? I have heard of some timing chains going bad in this bike, but I would change. If you're a high revving type of rider, I would change a timing change anywhere between 20 to 25 hours. If you're a vet guy, that obviously is going to extend. I would go to 40 hours. Like I said, right now, between Michael and I, we're almost to 40 hours on this YZ250F. No problems. Haven't had any problems. So take care of your bike. Run good oil. Change your air filter constantly, and you'll be good. Yamaha is a durable engine and a durable bike. 
Um, moving on to the KX250. So 2020, they did a lot of work to this bike. I wasn't a fan of this bike in 2019, but with the suspension changes that they did and a lot, I would say, man, it's tough. They did a lot of work to the engine and it kind of altered it a little bit. So now we got some bottom end back and maybe it doesn't rev as far as last year's bike. But again, to me, I need some bottom end out of a 250F. You want to be lazy, a little bit heavier. Again, you're not wide open like these 250F professional riders that we see on Saturday night, okay, or Saturdays at the Nationals. So Kawasaki did a better job of getting this engine to be a little bit more responsive, a little bit more torque, and it does suffer a little bit in the top end. So again, for me, vet-owned guys, I think you guys will like this. I have a couple different maps up on my website that you can look at that I changed to help stretch that top end out a little bit, and... The suspension is actually pretty damn balanced for my weight. Again, tried heavier guys, simply too soft. So the track toughness is not as good as a Yamaha, but nonetheless, it does a couple things better than the Yamaha does. And case in point, initial lean into a corner feels lighter. The Kawasaki feels narrower. It's a little bit more flickable feeling. It has more of a, a rear-end style cornering ability yet when you go to tip into the corner it has a nice front end bite it doesn't really start to become a rear end steering machine until area two to area three of the corner if you guys are familiar with the areas in the corners um, area one aren't familiar sorry if you guys aren't area one is the initial part of the corner area two is the middle area three is the end kawasaki seems to rear end steer in that area two to area three and you can get on the gas sooner on the Cowie than you can the Yamaha because there isn't as much bottom in. It doesn't break the rear end as bad loosely as when you get to area two to area three because you kind of rear end steer around and you feel a lot of the ground with the rear tire. So unlike the Yamaha where you try to rear steer it, but the rear end is kind of high and loose and it breaks loose easier. So if you guys like to rear end steer... You guys like great bump absorption. Kawasaki simply is the class leader in both classes, 450 and 250, in bump absorption in the chassis. Uh, GNCC, guys. Off-road District 37 out here in the West Coast. Faster type of uh, uh, choppy conditions, works conditions, things like that. Big six. KX250 is great. It is awesome. It, I can hit bumps faster, feel less, and for me, I think that would do you guys some wonder out there <laughs> hitting those bumps fast on this KX250. Now, another thing that I like to point out, too, that maybe we didn't cover enough in the 450 episode is racer contingency. Kawasaki has been the leader and it still is the leader. To me, if I'm a racer, I'm looking at a Kawasaki because of how much contingency I can get back when I go race. If you like to race and you want to get some money back, maybe you want to, you're not a pro, but you need some parts. This team green card, this contingency that they have is great. You get a credit card, you get to buy parts at the dealership, you can do what you want with it. It's awesome. And then put that towards your racing or put that towards your bike, help you rebuild, and you'll get more of those dollars via team green contingency than any other brand. So I appreciate that. Kawasaki's always been good as far as amateur support. 
you're at local races, they are present. You don't see a lot of other colors out there as far as help, besides Loretta's, but I'm talking about other big races around the United States. Kawasaki's amateur program is awesome. If you're a young up-and-coming kid, I would say I would be grabbing a KX250 and you want to be a little bit more well-known, you want to get some help down the road, Kawasaki is a great program to try to jumpstart that. They are very good at keeping an eye on who's coming up, who's doing what, and giving you breaks on new bikes, maybe some free bikes down the line, along with some parts allowance. There's a lot of good things that come with the Team Green Amateur Support. So for me, when I look back on my career and things that I should have done, I wish I, my dad would have purchased more Kawasaki's for me as I was get, growing up in the teenage years because of how much support they had back then, and they can still continue to do so these days. So that is something, if you're looking at that, that's another angle to try to go for a KX250. And simply put, you can find great deals. I know Power Motorsports here, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of those guys. You can hit me up for a great deal on a Kawasaki. Dude, $6,800 for a KX250? It's insane. That's a great deal. Um, as far as durability, we've heard some things happen to valve trains before. We haven't had that happen to KX250s here. Uh, only thing we've come across is that you will have to keep an eye on timing change similar to Yamaha's. Uh, I have the KX250 along with Big Air Todd. If you guys are familiar with my testing team over here, Big Air Todd's an older guy, still likes to to ride a lot, and he rips, he hauls ass for being fit in his 50s. So we changed out a timing chain. We had Race Tech do the engine to get some more power, and it's a fun bike to ride. I still feel like maybe it's a little bit too fast for my kid. Coming off of 125, he might get a little bit of whiskey throttle. So if you're a kid coming off an 85 and you're thinking about going to a 250, might be a little bit too much unless you got some girth behind you. Aiden's about 115 pounds. So I'm going to hold off on getting them that much power right away. So again, vet-owned guys, off-road racing, and if you're serious about amateur support, the KX250 is a great machine, and it's a machine that does everything pretty well. I would like to say it's more like a, um, a Yamaha than any other bike in this class because it does everything pretty damn good. Um, there isn't something that stands out to me on the KX250 like, oh, this is amazing. But it, I'm like, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's fun bike. It's stable. I, I can corner it. I know what it's going to do. Thank you for uh, switching up that suspension and that hor horrible SFF fork that it came with last year. Holy shit, that thing was a pile. That thing was crap. So thank you to Dual Coil Spring Forks. Hallelujah. God bless it. Let's make forks great again. Dual coil spring forks. Anybody else listening? Hello. Spring forks. Awesome. Um, all right. So next up, going to lump these suckers in together. KTM and Husqvarna. KTM 250SXF. Husqvarna FC 250. A lot of emails as well to me saying, which one should I get, Kiefer? What does it feel like? What's the differences? Unlike the 450 for me, those two bikes, the orange and the white bikes, are very different on the track. The KTM and the FC are 
pretty damn close to me on the track. Maybe because I'm dealing with less horsepower and not as much chassis feeling as a 450 motocross bike. But simply put, if you like to go fast and you are a top-end kind of guy, intermediate B guy to a pro-level rider, the KTM and Husqvarna is hard to beat. In stock form, that thing likes to be revved. It pulls far on top end, and you can push these two bikes. The Yamaha, you push, and it gets a little bit deep in the stroke. It kind of has a little bit of a wallow. I would say still stock engine, the Yamaha is better, but man, it is very connected to the rear tire of these orange and white bikes. Very connected. Not a lot of excitement like the Yamaha, but nonetheless, the delivery gets down, the power gets down on the ground, and it gets out of that corner in a hurry with just less excitement. Again, very deceiving power like the 450s, smoother, connected, has that same character. But once it's in the mid to top end range, it hauls ass. There's nothing else to me, at least, that can compete with these two bikes. And simply put, when I'm on a faster, flowier track, I feel the best on a KTM or Husqvarna because of how much mid to top end I have on these two bikes. What you're not going to get from these two bikes, okay, is a superb rough track handling character like you will on the Kawasaki and the Yamaha. Simply put, no, it's not the steel chassis. It's the WPAER fork. It's not a horrible fork. I will take an air fork of this caliber versus an older style SFF any day. I will take this over, I will take the air fork over, uh, let's say the Showa triple chamber fork. Remember that fork? I will take the air fork over that. I will take this fork over the Suzuki fork. So no, it is not the worst fork in this ca this category, but it simply isn't as good as the two above it, okay? So the positives to this, I have a 115-pound kid. And instead of having to go in and change the springs, maybe the valving, I can simply dial in the air pressure and get him comfortable in a fairly quick manner. I've done that for Aiden on his 125, same fork, same thing if I decide to bring him along on the 250F class. KTM and Husqvarna would make my 115-pound dick and ribs child happier than it would be if I had dual coil spring forks that are set up for a 170 pound man so a little bit easier to dial in but still not as plush in the chassis department or i would like to say track toughness the track toughness of the bikes above these these bikes is just simply better ktm and husqvarna still have a little bit of an issue when they're going from track to track. Recently, I just went to four different tracks in four different days with four different of these 250s and found out real quick of how bipolar these bikes are. If you know how to adjust to it, then they're fine. But if you're just a guy who unloads, checks the air pressure and bails and wants to have a good time, these might be a little bit of a harder time to dial in than the green or the blue bike. So... I have put, basically, who is this bike for? If you want to have an easier low-end feeling, you got a kid that doesn't want a lot of low-end power, KTM and Husqvarna. 
easier to manage, less work, right? It feels lighter. The bike itself on paper is lighter, of course, but it also feels lighter, easier to maneuver. So basically a lighter rider would like this machine more. They both feel narrow. They both feel flickable. They don't feel as big of a motorcycle as the KX or the Yamaha. So younger riders for me, I would go this way. If you're a lighter guy coming off of 125, I would also go this way. And let's just face it, you're, maybe you're a vet guy and doesn't want a lot of low-end power. Maybe you're just new to the sport and you want a bike that's easy to ride. You have a couple map options. You know, you want some good brakes. The KTM and Husqvarna is hard to beat. They are more expensive. That's the downside of this thing. They have a little bit um, of extra money behind it, so to speak. So there is a couple things that make it worth your while in the dollar department. Brembo brakes are huge. They're very good brakes. They last a long time. They don't give you a headache. I don't have to bleed them as much as Nissan brakes. So adding a little bit of money there. Also, you know, being from Austria, I think we've talked about this in other episodes, but the exchange rate and things like that make the costs go up here. So it's a little bit extra money. But for me, if you're buying a bike and you want the right one for your kid or for your style, these bikes, the Husqvarna and the KTM, are worth every penny. And yes, they are reliable. Going to the reliability side of things, okay? Kiefer, are these things reliable? I got a question about that today, Sunday morning. Which one should I get? How is the reliability? I come off a of Yamaha. How is the KTM and Husqvarna? Well, for me, KTM, Husqvarna is probably second best reliability. I've had the least trouble in about four years with the KTM and Husqvarna than a Kawasaki, a Honda, or a Suzuki. The only one's been better has been the Yamaha. Yamaha is very good at reliability, but KTM, Husqvarna have come a long way. Only thing I've had to change fuel filters, and I went through one relay. Bike wouldn't start one day. I was like, yeah, hey, it's a battery. I put a new battery in it. started. Three days later, it wouldn't start. Ended up being a relay. So if you guys are having that problem, look at your relay, change it out, and you should be good. But it, the bike itself, timing chains internally, man, we've put a lot of times on it, plus 50 hours on the orange and white bike. No top end, no timing chain, just air filter changes, sprocket, tires, chains, um, things like that. Nothing major. So if you guys are worried about reliability, I wouldn't worry about it as much. And some of you old school guys worry about availability for parts. Most of the time, I know some subframes have been back on order for the Husqvarna, but most of the time you should get all those parts, Rocky Mountain Stocks, OEM parts. It's awesome. I know the Husqvarna has the composite carbon subframe. Some of you guys are worried about that. Yes, they are prone, more prone, I should say, to damage than the standard KTM subframe that you guys see, but there is a little bit of a different character. So as I mentioned at the top of this, this part right here when we talked about the orange and the white bike, the only difference I feel between these two bikes is in rear end feeling. Acceleration, for whatever reason, the Husqvarna feels a little bit more compliant than the KTM, a little bit less rigid feeling from pivot bolt back on the Husqvarna. I would think, thinking that the composite carbon subframe is a little bit stiffer, would make it worse, but... The swing arm differences between the bike 
I think have something to do with that as well, and that makes it more compliant on acceleration. So just know that before you're buying these bikes right here. Remember those commercials we talked about at the top of the show? Well, they're here. Don't leave. Don't grab a Coke. Don't grab a cookie. Don't grab a beer. Just sit back. Listen to these guys. Save yourself some money. Help me help you like Jerry Maguire. Help me help you, Rod Tidwell. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, flying machine factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dining room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana, they go to Washington, even British Columbia, even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefering Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email, I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys, that's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up. Arizona. 
and Glenn Helen. I will see you guys at Glenn Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeithRingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sports Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out, bloodlubricants.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business, and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to screenprintingdone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool. Firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. 
I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper. Protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris. Hit him up. We're back. We're back. We're back with the show. Told you it wasn't that bad. Thanks. All right, good old Suzuki RMZ 250. No hate comms here, guys. Yes, it is oversprung. If you're a heavier guy, boom. It is too... I need to go down a spring rate on this RMZ 250 to make it just rideable for me. So immediately, if you guys are looking at a Suzuki, yes. I would say if you're looking to get a new bike and spend less money and have just as much fun, the Suzuki is great. So we need Suzuki in this industry. There's a lot of people that can't afford $8,000 motorcycles. I know right now you can buy a 2020 RMZ 250, $5,600. $5,600. Tax, license, dock, all that, probably six k under six k out the door. Unheard of. They're reliable. There ain't nothing wrong with that engine. You can run the shit out of that engine, and it is reliable. Yes, it's oversprung. Okay, I'm going to need lighter springs. I'm 170 pounds. If you're 180, 185 pounds, okay, you're good. You can back off some compression on the fork and on the shock and have a good time. It has bottom end. This is a bottom to mid-range engine. You can short shift this bike. This bike corners like a mofo. If you're having trouble cornering, buy yourself a Suzuki. It does it for you. That's what its motto should be. If I was Suzuki marketing... I'll be like, hey, everybody, having trouble in the corner? Pushing that front end a little bit? Just simply can't dive down in that rut. All right. Well, you should buy an RMZ250 because it does it for you. That's right. Dive it in that corner. Don't say a word. And the RMZ250 does all the work. That's my marketing pitch for you, Suzuki. Use it. Take it. It's easy. It's a front end steering machine. There's nothing on this God-given earth that turns better than an RMZ250. And guess what? Boom. I'm going to put my kid on the RMZ250 when he's done riding a 125. Why, Kiefer? You said it's oversprung. Yep. I'll put lighter springs in that bitch for him. All right? And he's going to rip corners on that RMZ250, and it's going to last him a long time. Change the air filter. Ride it. What about the bottom end? You said Kiefer. It has a lot of bottom end. Not as much as a Yamaha. But I would say it's in between a Cowie and a KTM Husky. It's not as smooth, has snap, has excitement, doesn't pull as long as a KTM and Husqvarna, but has great bottom and mid-range feel. My kid will short shift. 
He'll learn how to ride in the meat and the power the correct way. So there you have it. That's where I'm going with my child. As long as Suzuki makes a bike in 2021, if we have Loretta's, that's the only reason why Aiden's on a 125 right now, because of Loretta's, I'd put him on a 250 right now. Because I think his technique is sound enough where he could ride a 250. A, a good 250. A 250 that I believe in that's not going to get him whiskey throttle. I believe that Suzuki will not get him whiskey throttle once I set up the suspension for him. If I wasn't worried, if I was just going to get him a bike and have him ride at stock, the Honda would be it. And I'm going to explain why that in a minute. But the Suzuki is a great buy, people. You have a loved one that you're thinking about maybe getting a bike for. Maybe a girl. Maybe your wife. Maybe your girlfriend. Suzuki RMZ250 is good. Kiefer, she has to kick it. All right. Let's, let's toughen up here a little bit, okay? Let's not be pansies and worry about electric starts. The thing kicks over easy. It's not a big deal. Again, I had the Suzuki here. Aiden started that thing. No problem. If you can't kick it and you're a young dude, we got problems. I understand if you're a vet guy, I get it. I'm not recommending the Suzuki for you vet dudes because maybe your knees are jacked up. Maybe your hip is a little bit out of whack. So, yeah, e-start, I get. But... There is a great market for an RMZ250. Like I said, good bottom in the mid-range. It corners by itself. You, it's like a, hey, Siri, hey, Siri, uh, can I corner? Boom. Here you go. That's the Suzuki. Suzuki is like the Siri for cornering. Hey, Siri, I need a corner. Okay. Bleep. Cornering. Done. I just think about cornering. Oh, that's, see, now look at it. I see. Did you hear that? No, no, Siri, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the podcast. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? No, she's tripping. See, there you go. Siri, that's my Suzuki theory. There it is. So, anyway, <laughs> that's my phone going off, people. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know she listened that hard. That was pretty great. She probably got pissed off. So, if you're you're in the market for a six grand motorcycle, a new, want to get your chick one, have her look the Suzuki way. You got a young child. You got a little bit of extra money because you're only spending six grand. Drop some lighter springs in there. Have race tech do the suspension. Be happy. They last a long time. There's nothing wrong with the RMZ250. It's just a little bit stiff feeling. Once you get lighter springs in there, that chassis becomes a little bit better and, frankly, <laughs> not as gnarly or deflective as with those heavier springs in there. And I don't know why Suzuki did that. They knew that problem was, existed in 2019, and they left it in 2020. I really hope I don't... I don't... I hear rumors about Suzuki next year, and I hope they're not true. I hope Suzuki updates things a little bit. Let's say they don't do anything besides put electric starts on these bikes and they gain a little bit of you know poundage. I'm fine with it. Let's keep them in the game as long as we can. We need this, Okay. Consumers need Suzuki. Easiest way to get involved, have fun on motorcycle. Suzuki, less expensive bikes, and they're still damn reliable. So don't forget about RMZ 250s. All right, last but not least, Honda 250R, CRF 250R. Look, besides the Suzuki, the Honda corners second best. Unlike a Suzuki, we just call its name and it does it for you. You just can just input the Honda a little bit lean, and it'll fall in the rut for you. See, the Honda guys, I've had a little bit of uh, <laughs> R&D with those guys the past few years, and the problem has always been torque, lack of torque. We got some more torque in 2020, people, on the Honda. Nope, not a Yamaha, again, 
but it's better. Map 1, Map 3, I'm good with that. CRF 250, you guys out there, you want a great a cornering bike, you're an aggressive rider, you like mid to top end. I would say overall over-rev, Honda has the best over-rev. Maybe not the best top end pulling power, but over-rev, Honda's can't beat it. You can leave that sucker in second gear, and it'll rev to the moon. Third gear, and what's even weirder to me, the way the gearbox is made in this Honda, fourth gear is very usable. I use fourth gear a lot on the Honda 250, unlike any other bike here. So, flowier sand tracks, aggressive riders, fast guys, great cornering machine. There is some things you can do to upgrade as far as making it a little bit more reliable. I know they still have some overheating issues at time. You get a 1.8 rad cap. You can get a Boysen water pump. That helps out a lot. Going to a Henson clutch or a torque drive, recluse clutch helps out a lot. If you guys want more bottom end, Jamie or Chad at XPR, Jamie at Twisted, Chad at XPR, they do great mapping, vortex ignitions for that and gives you some more bottom to mid range while keeping that top end there. So it's a very viable option for the serious racer. Vet guys probably not going to be turned on by the Honda 250 because of lack of torque. But aggressive riders, hyperactive kids, my kid, I would put him on a Honda 250. Again, not going to get whiskey throttle with his little ass on this Honda 250. Not a lot of power, but it handles good. And I feel like his technique can get better on the Honda 250. So again, Honda's also very good at contingency and trying to take care of their owners. Very good at when things do arise and happen about... Um, making the commitment to the customer as far as honoring uh, worn-out parts or something freak happens, they can warranty a lot of things. I've heard from a lot of people that Honda has warrantied some failures, some freak things that have happened, and the customer is still happy. So there's a lot of good things about a Honda. I know some of the, the marketing employees out there, you meet the nicest people on a Honda. I don't know about that, but the Honda brand itself is a bunch of good people, and uh, I like them a lot. Unlike Cole Seeley, where he seems to have problems with the Honda brand, and besides racing, I kind of watched a YouTube video my, my son turned me on to. He said he had some problem with the Honda people besides race team. Well, I find the Honda people everywhere, in at least here on the HRC and as far as HRA and the Honda side over here in America, very, very uh, nice. And very accommodating to the consumer. So the Honda brand is alive and well. And I do believe in the Honda 250 a lot. If I was racing and I was uh, planning on doing Supercross and Motocross, I would seriously look into a Honda and have a good engine builder like Jamie or Chad to do my engine. Because I feel like I probably go faster on a Honda because of the chassis and how good it is. I just feel like I can put it where I want. It feels light. It's not the lightest on paper. But again, if you're having trouble trying to stick your bike to where you need it, this bike does that very well. I promised you guys I would talk about the KTM 350 SXF, and who is that for? So you're a bigger dude, and you still don't believe me that a 250 will work. 350 is the way to go, okay? You like to rev your bike just like a 250, but you want more top end than a 250. The 350 is the way to go. You want a bike as light as a 250 that feels just as light as a 250 and maybe top end almost as good as a 450. The 350 is the way to go. A couple things that feel different. Rotating mass. So yes, it feels 
light in the air when you take it off the stand, things like that. But when you're riding it, it feels a little bit heavier than your KTM 250 because of the rotating mass, a little bit bigger crank, right? So lean in is a little bit heavier, feels as heavy as a 450. So there are some pluses and minuses to a KTM. I've had only a few here in my testing stable, and I've always had a great time on them, and I, and I rode them really well. I never really thought about owning one because I was always racing mindset, right? For me, I want the most power, the easiest bike to ride, and that's always been, for me, in the 450 class, a Yamaha or a KTM. But you can't handle a 450, but yet you want to have lots of top end and maybe a little bit of a, a revving character like a 250. The KTM 350 is the way to go. You're a GNCC guy. Same thing. I believe in a KTM 350. Tight areas, has a little bit more bottom end than 250, and it feels light, straight line, all that stuff. And then when you get some mud packed on it, because you know GNCCs are full of that, it doesn't feel as lazy as a 450 does because it has that free revving character, that excitement in the mid to top end range, like that mid RPM response. The 350 is better than the 450 there. And you're going to have a little bit more, just a little titch, a little titch more torque than a 250. So 350 is a special machine, but there is a market for there. I could probably go on and on about the differences, but there are some things that I put up on keyforinktesting.com versus 250, 350, 450. I've done that at Dirt Rider. You can go back on the Dirt Rider archives and look at the article I wrote about 250, 350, 450 and the lap times, and we gathered a bunch of dudes uh, heavy to small to light, and who had the fastest lap time on wit on which. So even though I don't want to do it, I just plug Dirt Rider. So dirtrider.com, but you're looking up my stuff, so I'm okay with it. I hope Dirt Rider makes it. It's a good mag, man. I, I miss those days a lot, and I just made me think about those days. But, geez, let's get some test up. This, you got to do something. It's too stagnant. Come on now. Um, KTM 350, a little bit more money. Than a 250, obviously, so that is going to have to be a consideration for you guys as well. But again, most of you KTM owners seem to have middle, upper middle class. I would say you got a little bit of money, so KTM's are very popular in that right, and the 350 seems to fit that character even more. So uh, there is a viable connection to the upper middle class and a KTM 350. Every guy that I've met, KTM 350 guy, has been an upper middle class kind of dude. So. Something to, something to think about there. So that's kind of my rundown on the 250Fs and who's it for, what type of rider you are, and that's important. I talked about that at the top of the show last week. Find out which guy you are. What are you riding? Are you riding moto? What's the percentage pie, moto to off-road? Are you 100% moto? Are you 100% off-road? We're going to do an off-road specific which bike here soon. Maybe not next week because I got a couple more episodes to do that cover a couple new things that you guys are going to be excited about. But going to cover some off-road bikes. Find out if you're a front-end steering guy. Find out if you're a rear-end steering guy. Find out how much money you're willing to spend. Maybe you can get a 2019 for a couple grand less and the bike haven't changed. I know there's a lot of 2019 Suzukis out there. Probably for four grand. So do that. No need to get a 2020. Nothing's changed. Same thing with like a... a KTM and Husqvarna, 2019-2020. A few things have changed, not much. Same thing. 
The Honda has changed. The Honda is a better 2020 machine. The YZ250 is a better 250 machine. So what I'm saying is just kind of do your own searching on the internet. Best price. Listen to this podcast. Put it all together. Figure out which rider you are. And it's going to be easy. You're going to make the right choice. Your money is going to be spent the correct way. And you're going to be happy. Then you can email me about, hey, man, I'm happy. Thank you, Kiefer. Instead of going, fuck you, Kiefer. You screwed me. You went the wrong way. I didn't like this bike. You said I would. I'm putting it out here right now. Here it is. 50 minutes of information that you guys can digest to make the correct choice. So, all right. Well, that about wraps it up. There's a lot of choices out there for you guys to make, and they're all good. Unlike 10 years ago when you had about two good bikes and the rest were pieces of shits, I would say most all 250 and 450 motocross bikes are good. You just got to find the right fit for you, and hopefully these last two podcasts have done that for you. So thank you guys for joining me. Again, as always, if you have any questions, you want to bullshit with me, I'm just like you guys. I love dirt bikes. I love talking about dirt bikes. I love riding dirt bikes. It makes me happy. I haven't ridden the last two days, so I'm kind of cranky. But hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'm here to help you. Next week, of course, we're riding a lot. And as as always, I put a lot of time in during the week, 10-plus engine hours a week. So uh, I, I think I have a vast knowledge of a wide variety of bikes here. So hopefully you guys use that and email me. And then spread that spread that around to other people, man. It, what, it helps us. It makes manufacturers and the companies that help this podcast and my website know that, hey, this thing is growing. Other people are listening. Tell the people. And that helps us. Our views, our downloads just grow. And then I can give that information out to the manufacturers and the advertisers to let them know, hey, we're growing. This thing's working. We're helping people. I want to keep this sucker up and moving. I don't want to have to move to Colorado and work at Lowe's, which I told my wife I would if this thing doesn't work. So just spread the news. Hopefully I'm helping you guys out, and hopefully it's working out for you guys better than other media outlets out there. That's that's what I'm trying to do out here. I'm trying to help you guys out. So please support the advertisers, and of course, go ride your dirt bikes. Have fun. Put a smile on your face. Get the correct gear. Spread the love about dirt bikes to everyone else. It makes this whole place a lot easier to just ride along, man. We're only here one time. Let's have a good time on these suckers and be safe. So I'll see you at the track. Hopefully this whole COVID-19 starting to chill out a little bit. We got the tracks coming back in Southern California, albeit you know a little bit different. Got to wear masks, only 75 people at the track. How's it in your area, guys? I'm always wondering back east in the Midwest, how's it over there? You guys riding yet? Hopefully you guys are. And if not, just keep holding on, listen to these podcasts, go to pulpmx.com, subscribe to Racer X magazine. I don't know if I've told you that yet, but seriously, like I am uh, what, 42 years old and I love print. Still love it to this day. And Racer X is one of only a couple options that you have to get print magazines sent to your mailbox, sent to your home. So please subscribe to Racer X. As you guys know, I work for them as well and it helps me, it helps them keeps them up and moving. I subscribe and I work for them, so I enjoy the magazine. And of course, you can go check out more stuff that I do. And of course, Steve, pulpmx.com. I'll be on the Pulp MX show this weekend, Monday night. Ryan Hughes is our guest. God, that's going to be awesome. Holy shit, Rhino. 
So many questions for that guy, right? Call in. Let's get these things answered because that guy loves life. He lives it hard. Charge life, right? No other way about it. Charge it. Let's do it. Live once. He's got a hottie. He's in Hawaii. Good for him. Living his best life, Rhino. It's awesome. All right, thanks for joining me. This has been the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kiefer. Thank you for joining me. See you at the track.